Wow. You guys blew up my Twitter, my Facebook, my email um, all night long with the Ferguson stuff. And I didn't want to wait a week. And uh, the Thanksgiving podcast can kind of, I guess, wait a day with all of the questions, comments, and, and everything that was thrown at me. So I will certainly address all of them right away. First of all, um, with regards to the actual no bill, and when, when a grand jury does not return an indictment, it's called a no bill. With regards to the no bill decision by this grand jury, I have not reviewed all of the facts. I did not get a chance to go through all of the documents submitted. Um, I have seen what pretty much everybody has seen in the news. I have seen what was reported on the various news networks. Um, Based on that, based on the low standard it takes to bring back a grand jury indictment, I am very surprised by the no bill. Um, Here in Bergen County, New Jersey, where I am a practicing criminal defense attorney once again, where I sat as a judge for six years and was a criminal defense attorney before that, the running joke is you can indict a ham sandwich for a crime. Basically, what we're saying is you can indict anybody. Um, It doesn't take a whole lot to bring back an indictment. Based on that, based on what most criminal defense attorneys know, when you reject the plea and the case goes before a grand jury, we are normally very, very surprised when a case gets no build. Um, it, It doesn't happen often. So I, I am, yes, very surprised by what the grand jury did in Ferguson in terms of a legal perspective. In terms of the actual outcome, my podcast yesterday specifically addressed that topic. And what did I say? The riots, the attempt at riots, you're trying to bully the system And you can't bully this type of system. It backfired. It's almost as if this was an answer to the riots. This was a, a premeditated answer to what was waiting to happen. And sometimes you have to let the system take its course. And here is the problem with what is going on right now in Ferguson And I have said it over and over again, and I'm going to say it again. This is not or should not be about black versus white. Because the cop is white, because the victim is black, you cannot make this black versus white. This is a police problem. And I'm going to make an argument and hopefully Try to make this make sense to everyone out there. And I understand black America is very, very angry right now. And I understand that there is a portion of black America that's angry because a young black man was shot by a white cop. 
And I understand that there's a portion of black America angry because the system doesn't work. But there's another portion of black America right now that's acting out simply because it's time to act out. It's time to riot. It's time to... No. No. Let me explain to you why it's not working and why this will not work. It's the same reason the Wall Street protests didn't work in New York City. It's the same reason, obviously, the Million Man March didn't do anything. It's the same reason the Rodney King riots didn't do anything. And I got a a message from one of my loyal listeners, Gary Warner. Protests don't work. What about the 1960s? The 1960s is a completely different animal. I grew up in the 70s, 80s, okay? None of the protests that my generation did took effect. The no blood for oil during the first Iraq war did not stop that war. It didn't. You know what stopped it? Swift military action. And then they got the troops the hell out of there. It wasn't about no blood for oil. Nothing in the Million Man March did anything. 9-11, the candle lighting vigils, and all of the we need peace, did that stop anything? We have ISIS all over the place. The Taliban is is coming back in, in a different form. The Middle East is a complete disaster. Middle East is worse off now than it was pre-9-11. So what are all of these protests? What is all this Zuccotti Park sitting in New York City doing? What is all of this doing? Nothing. Nothing. And the reason it's doing nothing is because these protests, these gatherings, don't have clear statements, don't have clear focus. If you make this black versus white, you are alienating white America. If you make this police and the misuse of force against citizens now you are bringing together an entire country of citizens to review police procedures and policies because i'm telling you right now you can make this about cops against black kids all you want i am a criminal defense attorney i have represented many criminal defendants that are white, that have been treated, mistreated by police the same way black defendants are mistreated. Now, it may not be in the same amount of numbers, and I give you that. I will tell you right now, there is a disparity in numbers between the events affecting Black defendants and white defendants. I am not saying the numbers are the same. I am saying cops and the treatment by law enforcement towards defendants in general. Believe me when I tell you, it is the same. It is the same. Here is the problem with what the argument is right now. Okay, And here's a problem of why the grand jury did not indict. First of all, although the facts and the witness statements were different and contradictory in many instances, whether or not Michael Brown reached into the car, whether he didn't reach into the car, whether he struck the officer, whether the officer shot him through an open window or whether the officer fired his weapon in the vehicle, 
whether the officer shot him while he while Michael Brown was aggressively moving forward, whether he was kneeling with his hands up. Although those statements may be different and and vary, here's the two arguments. An innocent black man who was minding his own business, walking down the middle of the street, was harassed by a police officer and shot for no reason. That's one version of the story that I'm hearing. Here's the other version of a story. And listen to this version carefully. A black man who may have had some run-ins in the past with the law. Yes, he was at a local grocery store. He may or may not have stolen a package of cigarillos, small package of cigars. And on the way home, when confronted by an officer, he may have not been in full compliance However, those actions do not justify shooting an unarmed man in the head twice after being shot four times during the scuffle with the police officer. Now, I ask you, white America, black America, Asian America, Indian America, I don't care. American citizens, I ask you to listen to those two versions. And I ask you to say, on the first version, how many of you are going to automatically believe that version of the story and jump on it? And say, yeah, that makes sense. How many of you are going to say, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that a black kid was walking down the street, was confronted by a police officer, and a guy just started opening fire on him. My version of the story, the second version of the story, based on the facts and the witness statements that was presented to the grand jury that I was able to read, and as you can tell by my voice, I didn't sleep much between the emails, the tweets, the messages, the Facebook comments. I didn't sleep much last night. I tried to get as much of this story in as possible. How many of you believe the version that I presented, which is, you know what? Listen, did this guy maybe have a past? Yes. Did he have run-ins with the law in the past? It's possible. Were they significant run-ins? Well, not necessarily, but they knew who he was. The cops in the town maybe knew who he was. Okay. Did he have some incident earlier in the day that maybe there was just earlier that evening that there was a report of a robbery at a local grocery store and this guy fit the description? Yes. Was it an armed robbery? No. Was there any indication that the person who robbed that store was armed and dangerous? No. What did they take away from that grocery store? Package of cigarettes, cigars, thin cigars. When the person was seen, a victim, or the a, a eventual victim was seen, he was walking down the street, was not in flight. Did the officer approach in a manner that may have been threatening to this individual who may have been under the influence of marijuana at the time? 
and unable to necessarily follow the directions of an officer. As we found out later, there were there was marijuana in the system. When confronted by the officer, the officer follow correct police procedure to effect an arrest. Did the officer call for backup? When the officer made an identification of the individual after the initial confrontation, did the officer need to pursue in a manner with his weapon drawn after already having fired multiple shots, or could the officer have called for backup to try to get another officer on scene to assist? Once there was distance created between the officer and the victim, was it necessary for the officer to discharge his weapon again? I think the second version, I think the version I'm telling, tells a better story, a story that everybody, every citizen in the United States is comfortable hearing where you can honestly say Michael Brown did not deserve to die. Based on that story, based on those facts and the scenarios presented to the grand jury, which I have basically reiterated for you, yes, very lawyer-like. And most people are not lawyers out there. I get it. But if you let people do their jobs, okay, and you let people explain the story that way, as opposed to here's another innocent black man being gunned down in the streets by a white cop, you're going to have a different reaction. And what happens is, you know, the Al Sharptons of the world and the and a lot of activists go into this area and they look to incite for their own benefit. They look to create this situation that we had overnight in Missouri for their own benefit, because now this gives them another platform, another reason to go there and start earning their paycheck. I mean, come on. We we have to present things in a way that are more rational to actually affect change. And the change that needs to be affected is not a black-white change. It's not a racial harmony chain. The change that needs to be affected is a police procedure it's the way the police conduct themselves in these circumstances now for my police officers out there many of you a large number of you are doing an unbelievable job you are doing a phenomenal job the officers that are involved in these situations the officers involved in these shootings are such a small percentage of the actual number of police officers out there. But when this happens, we get this blue wall that comes up of officers that when a a grand jury returns a no bill, you guys are pumping your fist too. Yes, one for us. No, not one for us. 
This is not one for us. And I tried to say this in a previous podcast, and I'm going to say it again. Stop taking sides. It's not us versus them. This is not prosecutor versus defendant. This is not cop versus citizen. Ultimately, what everybody wants is justice. As a police officer, you want justice. You want to make sure that the laws are carried out in a correct manner by police officers and by citizens. Everybody, you want everybody to abide by the law, period. If you knew one of your fellow officers was out there dealing drugs, was out there involved in taking bribes from organized crime members, was somehow involved in some type of criminal activity, would you treat that officer the same way you would any other perpetrator? God, I hope so. This is about abiding by rules, procedures, and laws. This is not a cop versus defendant versus victim situation. Stop taking sides. There's one side. One. Justice. That's the only side here. Prosecutors. The only side here is justice. When you have a case, a criminal case... You have a criminal defendant. That defendant, your job is not to make sure that defendant is punished. Your job is not to make sure that person gets the maximum sentence available under law. That is not your job. Your job is to make sure that justice is served. Criminal defense attorney, your job is not to make sure that your criminal defendant client gets off under any circumstance, no matter what. Your job is not to manipulate the system, to find the loopholes, to make sure your client is found not guilty. Your job is to make sure the rules are followed and justice is served. Period. Stop making this about the win. This has to stop. This is what the problem is with our system. Everything is about the win. This is the problem with politics. It's the problem with government. It's the problem with our legal system. Stop making this about the win. This is not about Winning and losing. Because you know who's losing? Everybody. You know who's winning? Nobody. We are all losing. Because when the system fails, it doesn't work for any of us. It doesn't. And you know why it doesn't work for any of us? Because last night on the news, I'm watching buildings burn down. Now, with regards to riots, with regards to burning down buildings, one of the buildings I saw burned down was a Little Caesars restaurant. Here's what you did. One 
two individuals, however many of you, burn down that Little Caesars. Whatever family got the loan, arranged for the bond to get into a contract with a franchise such as Little Caesars, you have now cost that family potentially that bond because now they don't have a business to operate to pay off the franchise fee. Now, I'm sure there is insurance coverage that will pay off that franchise fee. But that family today does not have a source of income. A family potentially with kids, maybe white, maybe black, maybe Indian, maybe Spanish, maybe Asian, who knows what. That family now has to find a way to pay their mortgage. That family now has to find a way to sit down two days from now on Thanksgiving and put food on their table. That family who employed people of Ferguson can no longer employ people of Ferguson. You have cost those people their jobs. And if they're working in a Little Caesars, I can bet you they're not in the top income bracket. They now do not have a means to put food on their table in two days on Thanksgiving. They now have to find a job in a community that is putting out fires all over town, literally and figuratively. They now cannot pay their rent. And, you know, it's funny. I I did work for the Bergen County Health and Human Services um, this past month and raising some money for homeless shelters. And a lot of people have a misperception, a misunderstanding of how people become homeless. You know how they become homeless? Someone burns down their, their business. That's how they become homeless. And they can no longer pay their rent. They can no longer pay their mortgage. Someone burns down the place where they have to go to work and they can no longer pay their rent. They can no longer afford their food bills. That's how people become homeless. It's not because they're just bums. It's because of circumstances out of their control. Because of the animals that went out on the street last night and started burning things down. Good for you. Nice message. By doing that, you have done nothing to help the family of Michael Brown. In fact, you've hurt them. Because your riots in the past may have affected the grand jury that should have returned an indictment but did not. Your riots now have possibly made people homeless. You have taken away from others something that they did not take away from you. They did not take away your rights. They did not take away the justice system to work fairly 
they did not deserve the justice that you then served upon them. What makes you any better than the system? To the animal that was jumping up and down on a police car, to the animals that were flipping over police cars and burning police cars, I will tell you this. I would rather see a police car burn empty than I would someone's place of business, that I would a storage unit facility that houses and keeps the personal belongings of people who are most likely renters that do not have space in their own home to keep things like baby cribs, which they are not using because their child is maybe outgrown, but they could eventually use for another child or give to someone else who can't afford a baby crib. Clothing. Winter clothes, summer clothes, you put them in storage. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Storage units, Little Caesars, places of business, the looting. Who are you helping? What is your goal? And this is why, Gary Warner, protests don't work. Because they are not done in an effective way. In the 60s, they were effective. In 2014, they're not effective. In the 2000s, they weren't effective. In the 1990s, they were not effective. Because there is no message in that. There is no effective message in a riot, ever, period, end of story. So we do not have an effective message. Again, I'd rather see that empty police car burn. We can replace a police car. A place of business, bank loans, jobs, payment of mortgage. Can't replace that. Not always. Doesn't always work out. You think that insurance adjuster is going to run into Ferguson tomorrow? Make an assessment and write out a check? And here's the more important thing. Do you think Little Caesars, Walmart, Walgreens, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Burger King, go through the franchises, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, whatever it may be, you think they're ever going to step foot in Ferguson? What has Ferguson become now? Ferguson is done. Ferguson is done as a community. Who's going to go there and open up a business anytime soon? Nobody with money. No white people. No one that I, you know, I mean, think about it. No one that I can think of is going to say, I want to go into Ferguson and rebuild this community. You think a, a, an even an affluent African American is going to say, you know what? I want to go into Ferguson and let's, re, re, let's rebuild Ferguson. Why? When they burned down that Little Caesars, do you think they were thinking about who owned it? Black, white, or otherwise? No. Just rage. Just rage. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And for the protests that then spawned out in New York City and, and L.A. and everywhere else in the country, okay, what are you protesting? Did you watch the news and say, we got to get out on the streets and start marching? 
Or did you do what I did, looked over what was presented, and say, come on, man. Normally this situation returns an indictment. What happened here? Let's really find out what's going on. Why did this system fail us? How did the system fail us? Now, with regards to social media, with regards to the emails I received, most of them were very intelligent. Most of the comments were very smart. They were about the decision. They were about, you know, the the whole thing about protests not working. And again, my podcast yesterday was pre-grand jury, no bill. It was pre-decision. With regards to the comments I'm seeing on Facebook, with regards to the comments I'm seeing on social media, and the comment section in many of these stories degenerate in a matter of two or three posts, and it's, it's sickening. It really is. I'm disgusted to be an American today. I really am. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted in white America I'm disgusted in black America. I'm disgusted in America, period. Because the references by many white people that the reaction to seeing what you're seeing on Ferguson, they let the cages open at the zoo. These people are animals. Let me tell you something. First of all, the people flipping over those cars and the people, you know what? There are as many white people with that rage that are doing that. There are black people with the rage that it's this false rage. And again, Gary Warner, here's the difference with the protests and everything else. It's not real anger. It's fake anger. Look at what happened in San Francisco after the Giants won the World Series. Why? Why? Why during a happy moment are people lighting fires, setting things on fires, throwing bottles, throwing batteries? Why? And what's that? Black people doing that? No. It's stupid people doing that. Yes, those people are animals. But to characterize a race of people as animals is disgusting. And I I am really sad For this country today. And for the rage. Shown towards white America. By black America. That this is again. It's sides. That we don't understand your plight. We don't understand. The way you've been mistreated. Listen. Again. If you want to make this about. Police. Versus citizens. Yes, if you want to make this about black and white, I'm sorry. There's an African-American president today. I watched the AMAs on Sunday night as racially diverse as you can see. Okay, this country has opportunity for everybody. Everybody, and there are as many intelligent black people as there are white people. We are all born with the same opportunity to go through the education system and succeed.
This is not 1960. The country has changed. The opportunities are there. Turn on your TV. Flip around the channels. Do not make this about the white man oppressing the black man anymore. I'm sorry. You can't. The opportunities are there. The problem is whether or not within your own community you're guiding people towards those opportunities. And I'm going to go back to yesterday's podcast. Pre-decision. Why? Why are there only one black member of council in the town of Ferguson? Why is the mayor of Ferguson a white Republican? If you feel you are not being properly represented, why are you not finding people in your community to run for office? Why are the Al Sharptons of the world, the Jesse Jacksons of the world, why are they not trying to lead by the example of get involved in government, get involved in politics, so that you someday can be like this 31-year-old mayor, 31 years old, in Ferguson, and you too can be part of the political system so you can change the climate the right way, not by setting fires. That's not the way to do it. Not simply by yelling in a megaphone, but by getting involved in political office, running for office, so that you could represent the 21,000 citizens of Ferguson, which are predominantly African-American, much the same path that Barack Obama took to get where he is. You have the example. He's been in the White House for six years. The example's there. Follow that path. Follow that example. Again, I wanted to do this podcast as an answer to many of the messages in response to what I saw last night. Um, it's, it's sad. It's a sad day for America. We should be embarrassed. Nationally, we should be embarrassed. Internationally, we should be embarrassed. Because now the rest of the world is looking at us and saying, there's the great America. There they are. They're going to come into our country and tell us how to run our country. They're going to tell us about democracy. They're going to tell us about civilization. They're going to, tell, they're going to call us third world. And this is them. This is what they're doing in their streets. They can't get their own justice system right. But they're going to tell us how to run our justice system. It's sad. It's a sad day. It really is. And we're not affecting change the right way in this country. We're not. And so long as we keep taking sides, there is only one side. Please, people, I'm going to say it over and over again. Stop taking sides. There's only one side. There's only one side. It's justice. It's what's right. It's not about 
Democrat, Republican. It's not black and white. It's justice. It's what's best for everybody. That's the side, what's best for everybody. Hopefully there are enough people listening to this that I'm actually affecting. Um, you know, I'm trying to do something here to, to raise awareness again and and make you guys understand this. This is, you know, I, I, again, I woke up disheartened today. I really did. I woke up disheartened. I woke up sickened. I went to bed sick to my stomach watching that last night. Um, you know, if, if, if you find what I'm making here makes sense and you think this is the right way to go about it, Man, spread the word. You know, let people listen to this. Share this view. Because ultimately, all I want to see is peace in this country, cooperation in this country, the laws carried out the right way, the system work. People get involved with politics for the right reasons. People vote their conscience, not red and blue, not blindly. The education system work. That people take advantage of the education system. That we stop this no child left behind crap and actually teach kids. Don't push people through the system. Educate people. Get them through the system the right way. With a degree, with knowledge, with the way they can go out into society and be productive. We got another black eye today. Another black eye, America. Sad. Everybody... Find a way to make a difference. Make a positive difference. Vince August. Have a good one.